0: Hello and welcome to The Spectator's Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency in 2017. I'm Freddie Gray and I'm Deputy Editor of The Spectator. Today I'm joined again by Paul Wood of the BBC and we're going to be talking about Trump's intelligence breach. So, Paul, this is really a part two, I suppose, in a way, to last week's podcast with you, where we spoke about Trump's shocking firing of the FBI director, James Comey. Because this week, we learned that a, a day after of the firing, Trump had this meeting with Sergei Lavrov and the Russian ambassador to Washington, in which, according to the Washington Post, he sort of spilled the beans on some highly classified information And this is causing another storm in Washington um, that relates to Trump and Russia. Can you explain for us a bit what's going on?
1: Well, according to the Post, and this is in some other media, um, clearly somebody in the White House is leaking. Mr. Trump uh, is part of a freewheeling discussion in order to impress his Russian guests, gave details of a supposed plot by ISIS um, to carry out a terrorist attack. Hmm. Trump's story is that he was simply informing his Russian friends uh, about the safety of airliners in general, and he hasn't exactly uh, admitted to this. But if it's true, the damaging thing here is this is intelligence which came from a close ally, and nobody said which ally, and uh, a lot of intelligence professionals will say this could well damage that relationship and cut off the flow of information. Nobody said which country's involved. I have a feeling it might be Turkey. And if it is Turkey, Turkey would certainly not want that information shared with the Russians. Uh, mm. This is all the more piquant because President Erdogan of Turkey is shortly to make an official visit to Washington. There are a lot of similarities with the Comey firing in that the White House immediately and categorically denied that Mr. Trump had done this in the same way that they categorically denied that James Comey, the FBI director, had been fired because of Russia. As soon as that denial was made about Comey, Trump went on Twitter uh, and gave an interview to American network television in which he said, of course it was about Russia, something I think which may lead to trouble down the line uh, when uh, various congressional committees uh, come to uh, examine the question of whether there was any <clears throat> uh, obstruction of justice, which would be an impeachable offence.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, and here again, with this Uh, alleged intelligence breach, White House comes out and says unequivocally it's false. And then today, Mr. Trump is tweeting. Uh, that he has every right to talk about these issues. <clears throat> he's not saying he leaked classified information. wouldn't be a leak if the president did it. He's just saying, you know, I have the right to talk about these things, which is something somewhat less than the emphatic denial that his officials have been giving. Yes. Uh, it's another crazy day in the White House.
0: So, strictly speaking, Trump is right, though, isn't he? The president does have the, the right to breach. I mean, it's it sounds a bit Nixonian again. This, If the president does it, it's it's not illegal. But he's right, isn't he?
1: He is right that if a president says something that's classified and he says it publicly, he's just declassified it by that act of tweeting it or telling it to the Russians or whatever. Uh, The damaging thing here is the idea that, once again, President Trump doesn't know what he's doing, shoots his mouth off without quite knowing the complexities of the issues that he's involved in. Uh, I was talking to a diplomat uh, who was at an Oval Office meeting with Mr. Trump, in which uh, a visiting head of state raised an issue uh, with the president. And uh, President Trump said, yes, that's fine, of course, we'll do that. And then the the figure of Steve Bannon was seen hovering behind the president's chair, leaned over and said, you know, Mr. President, it might be a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, (sighs) And this apparently, according to some official I've spoken to, is how a lot of meetings go. Um, Trump makes these snap decisions. And then Steve Bannon says, you know, it might be a little bit more complicated than that, which is the kind of uh, signal to everybody in the room that actually they're going to kick the decision into the long grass. Yeah. Uh, perhaps Mr. Bannon was not president, uh, present at the meeting with the Russian ambassador and foreign minister.
0: Yes, because there, there seems to be sort of marks of Bannon about that meeting with Lavrov in that The Russian press were allowed, but I think all American media was banned from any part of the meeting, or certainly a Russian photographer was allowed. And also, I think perhaps it was accidental, or perhaps it was a sort of Bannonite piece of trolling, that the White House press call was sent up to find Trump with Henry Kissinger, not Lavrov, as they they expected.
1: Well, I was cutting a TV package that day, and it it was a series of uh, unexpected gifts. First of all, as you're trying to draw the Watergate-Nixon parallels, you have Trump sitting there with Henry Kissinger, Secretary of State, during Nixon's time. And when Nixon resigned, he actually addressed the letter to Henry Kissinger, Dear dear Mr. Secretary of State, I hereby resign the office of the presidency. Mm. Then you have Trump meeting Lavrov and Kislyak, the the, uh, ambassador here, the Russian ambassador, who everybody believes or says in Washington circles, is a spy. Um, and then you have the White House's explanation for this uh, ridiculous photo opportunity, which is the Russians fooled us. We didn't know that guy with a camera was a press photographer. We just thought he was just part of the Russian delegation. So, you know, who's controlling the flow of people into the Oval Office? You think that'd be quite an important job. Well, Keith Schiller, Mr. Trump's former bodyguard, is now head of Oval Office operations. Uh, Was he not doing his job that day? Uh, Did he not think to question why is this camera uh, out here? I don't know. I I, I mean, in Mr. Trump's defence, others have been caught in the same trap, including President Kennedy and President Nixon. They both were set up by Russian leaders um, in photo opportunities they may not have have been very happy about afterwards.
0: Does it not slightly pour cold water on the idea that Trump has a dark relationship with Moscow, the fact that he's been so bungling. And, you know, if he were trying to cover something up, then this would be a spectacularly bad way of doing it.
1: Uh, Yes, this is the Trump as uh, Chauncey Gardner, uh, rather than the Trump as some kind of uh, Machiavellian character in White House.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: I think you have to look back at the original Christopher Steele dossier, which is still online, and is still quite a good guide to what's going on. And in it, he says, the Russians have buyer's remorse about Trump. This was written I think in October when uh, everybody still thought that Trump was going to lose. So one construction on what the Russians are doing, and remember that all the main US intelligence agencies have said with one voice that Russia did subvert the election, did commit illegal acts of hacking and did it to get Donald Trump elected. But one theory about what they were trying to do was simply uh, undermine a Hillary Clinton election victory. Nobody thought that Trump would win. And all this Russian alleged chicanery might have been about casting a doubt over the result of a Clinton victory. Mm. Uh, Hang on a minute. Trump surprises everybody, I'm sure including the Russians and himself, by winning this election. And suddenly they have this rather unpredictable character in the White House, a man they were supporting, if you believe all the intelligence assessments, simply to cause trouble. Bam, he's in the White House and they've got more trouble than they can handle.
0: And so why would Trump have, have spilled this information just because he's impulsive and doesn't really think things through? Or might he have been trying to sort of show Lavrov that he was still willing to help them?
1: I mean, this is always the question with President Trump about his motivations in his state of mind. There's one people who think that he's Uh, some kind of paradigm-busting genius and and that he's got this strategic vision and has had it all along. Mm. And others think that he is just an impulsive child who says the first thing that comes into his head has got a short attention span. Those are all the leaks from Obama-era officials who dealt with him in the transition. You know, he wouldn't read documents longer than a page and they had to have pictures on them. Mm. Uh, So we simply don't know what happened, but there was one quite well-sourced piece in Politico, the uh, sort of insider's Uh, magazine and website here, uh, which spoke according to a source about Mr. Trump just getting carried away about getting into a freewheeling discourse and wanting to impress his Russian visitors with some inside information. And in the view of this source, somebody described by Politico as an official who meets the president regularly. uh, Trump just didn't think through what was happening. And that is a pretty common charge against him. He doesn't understand the issues and doesn't think through the consequences of his words and actions.
0: Yes, but National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster has has rejected the Post's Washington Post story as false. Is he rejecting the actual claims of the Washington Post or is he just saying this was a broad conversation about airline security?
1: Well, once again, you have to pass people's words in Washington and General McMaster said the post, this is, is these are his exact words, the post story as reported is false. Mm. And the deputy national security advisor said the post story is false. That you would think is a pretty blanket statement uh, and covers all eventualities. Um, But none of the actual um, specifics of the story were denied that this question of airline security came up, that the question of, of what ISIS was up to came up. And then you have Mr. Trump's tweets that follow these um, denials by McMaster and his deputy. And Mr. Trump's tweets simply speak about his right to talk about these matters. Not an admission by any stretch that he did reveal classified information, but a statement that if he wanted to, he could and he wouldn't be breaking the law. I think there's a bit of a gap between what Mr. Trump is tweeting and what his officials are saying.
0: Is there any danger that every single Russia controversy seems to be one a week? Each one is a dead cat in that it's, a, it's a, a strategy to attract attention, cause a lot of noise, and actually never really amounts to anything.
1: But that's the theory uh, on which a lot of people think the sex stuff was released, this outrageous mm. claim that Mr Trump paid some prostitutes to urinate on a bed in the Ritz-Carlton Hotel that had once been used by President Obama and Mrs Obama,
0: yeah.
1: uh, that this this thing is so riveting for a few days, but then there's no proof of it, and you shrug your shoulders uh, and get used to shrugging your shoulders when every single Russia claim comes along. So um, I don't know. It could be that. What I do find interesting is that journalists like myself and others are digging around in Trump's past, his business dealings over many years, um, according to the Steele dossier, led to a relationship with Russian intelligence. You know, The Russian mafia bought apartments in Trump Tower, and then suddenly he's dealing with not just the Russian mafia, but Russian intelligence. That's the allegation. Mm. And then there's the allegation that, The Trump campaign coordinated or conspired um, in a treasonous way with Russian intelligence to hack Democratic politicians and leak that information out in a sophisticated propaganda campaign. But all the while we're looking into the past, every single day, there's a new outrage or scandal or something that absolutely rivets Washington and people who are talking about impeachment. And believe me, that's the conversation you have with everybody in Washington these days. Say you know it might be obstruction of justice for firing Jim Comey, or it might be the Twenty-Fifth Amendment, uh, under which presidents are removed uh, because they're unfit for office. Because mm. you know he he does random crazy things like reveal intelligence information to the Russians. You know every day there's there's new grist to the mill, and I think one of the most dangerous and damaging things, if you want to talk about Nixonian parallels, was President Trump casually tweeting, casually revealing that he had taped the FBI director. Secretly, Now, Mm. even Republicans in Congress are asking for those tapes. I mean, you couldn't find a better parallel to Watergate if you tried. I think we're entering a very dangerous time for Mr. Trump. And according to one insider that I know, a political consultant who's been here for decades, people are talking about the path under which he would be removed. People on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats. You know, it would be Mr. Trump's got a weaker heart than we thought. Uh, He needs to retire for health reasons. And then Mike Pence comes in very smoothly. None of this is happening publicly, these kinds of discussions. But privately, um, there is a kind of feverish quality to Washington. People are seriously talking about how long he will last. And if not taking bets on it, it's one of the questions you always get asked. How long do you think he can last?
0: So uh, what you're saying is the odds on impeachment are shortening. Or that he leaves office in some form. There's the
1: twenty-fifth amendment, as I say, which mm. uh, would allow not for a long, drawn-out battle first in the House and then in the Senate, which mm. would be the impeachment model, but for senior cabinet officers to to sit down and say, you know, the president's lost it. Uh, let's ask Congress for, for Vice President Pence to take over. Uh, Trump could fight that, of course, but this is, you know, the, the speculation I'm hearing from various people. Some kind of cover story is presented that he's ill, that he's he's, he's had a, a weak heart or something like that. I have to stress these are just sort of crazy conversations that people are having. Yeah. I seem to be it's, having. With it's hard to who,
0: imagine Trump accepting that, but maybe I've misread it.
1: Uh, well, unless he's simply just bored with being president. This is a very mercurial character.
0: Yes, uh, that's often said, hand, isn't it? Yeah.
1: On the other hand, I should say that you know a lot, a lot of people have this theory that. He just ran for president for a bit of a giggle and to improve his uh, chances of negotiating a fatter contract with NBC for The Apprentice. Roger Stone, his longtime uh, friend and occasional campaign aide, uh, and now, of course, being investigated for the Russia links, told me that as soon as Mitt Romney was defeated, sort of the day afterwards, Trump registered Make America Great Again.
0: Yeah. That
1: Trump had a long term plan to run for president, is utterly serious about it, and will run again in 2020. But that's uh, true yeah.
0: about Make America Great Again, isn't it? He, he did file the patent, I think, that yes, exactly. the day after Romney lost.
1: And under, under that view, he's utterly serious about it. And there are people, again, if we're talking about both sides of the aisle, I've spoken to Democratic officials, people very close and very senior in the Clinton campaign who think... Uh, that Trump-Russia will bring down some of his associates, but he will be absolutely um, untouched by this, will run in 2020 and could win. Mm. Uh, you know, take take your pick, pick your theory, place your bets.
0: Well, we've got lots to chew over. Thanks very much, Paul. Come and speak to us again, please, soon. Thank you very much. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast anytime on iTunes, so please do...